This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Morena, no mai kiti korero. Welcome to the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo Irarangi Onatangata O Manawatu. It is a Monday morning. Welcome to the new week. Uh, and we've got a, a new thing happening uh, in Palmerston North in particular, although it, it has implications for the wider region as well. Uh, you may have seen in the news that e scooters have come to Palmerston North. Uh, there was a, a little bit of a, a chance for media to have a look at them last week. You can see some footage of that on our Facebook page. Um, but to discuss this in a bit more detail, we have Frederick Conker, uh, the New Zealand Expansion Manager for BEAM. Good morning to you. Ngamihi nui, Chris. So let's have a look at uh, the BEAM scooters. Um, we should start out by saying BEAM's not going to be the only supplier uh, of scooters uh, in Palmerston North. Uh, there's Lime, Flamingo, there's talk of Blip coming next year as well. Uh, I do have to ask who comes up with the names for some of these, um, but they're certainly memorable. Um, you must, you're obviously, you're positioned here as, as, as BEAM's spokesperson, but I guess you're kind of a spokesperson for the technology as well. Yeah, that's correct, Fraser. So we work across... Uh, a couple of different cities in the country working to grow uh, micromobility. But in our role here, we are the, the ambassadors mm-hmm. for, this, for this technology. So micromobility, that's, um, th- th- this is going to be, I think, one of those conversations where there is a bit of jargon. And I guess jargon is always that thing where when you get used to using it, it makes perfect sense to you. But when it's new, um, let's just explore that a little bit. What's this, wh- what does micromobility mean? That's the key question. So micromobility is usually defined as this the technology between the sort of the larger scale vehicles, but also, depending on your definition, will include sort of bicycles as well. But generally it fits with the, the, the revolutionary battery technology and otherwise e-scooters, you know, cargo bikes, you know, seated scooters mm-hmm. and Pick, pick your vehicle. So I, I guess because um, we're, we're familiar uh, in this city with, with everything going on with active transport, which is your pedal bicycles and your, your push longboards and your push scooters. But, so this, this, this micro-mobility is more about sort of motorised transport. Does it have an environmental component as well, though? Because you're talking about battery and, of course, EVs are the, the environmental saviours uh, du jour. Um, is, there, is that component built into the term as well? It certainly does. So you raise active transport. So we, we clearly believe that micromobility is included in the active transport bucket. You right. can look at the, the scientific research around uh, the amount of energy used when travelling through different modes. And there's clear research showing around, you know, e-scooters are an, a safe, active way to mm-hmm. get around the community. 
Uh, you raised the word safe, so I'll bring it up because there there is a body of people in the community that, that would potentially see e-scooters as a, as a hindrance to safety. Um, and, and this is born true in the headlines. But, you know, I, I guess where I'm going with this is that the, the news that we hear about scooters, it, those are like one-off cases generally, aren't there? What, what is the safety track record in the, the micro-mobility market at the moment? So I can't speak for other operators, but for Beam, we are the leading safety record in New Zealand. So I think we, our most recent figures are safety record of around 50 incidents per million trips. So incredibly low. Mm-hmm. And to be clear that in our work with our riders, we have a comprehensive safety program. So that starts from the moment they use our app. There's in-app safety training before being able to ride any scooter. We also provide a number of uh, web e-learning courses, and, in, and users are incentivized to complete those with uh, with rider credit. And then, subsequently to that, we have in-person safety events. So today, on Monday at about midday on the square, we're going to have some in-person safety training. So we'd welcome anyone to come on down and learn a little bit more about e-scooters, how they work, and the technology that underpins it. So how we work to manage the system and mm-hmm. how we can bring the benefit to the community. Is Because um, I, I guess one of the things I've always thought of with the e-scooters is convenience. You see one lying in the street. If you've got the app on your phone, you can just go blip and you're where you, you go. Um, the, the, the notion of undergoing training before I can even get on the thing, is, is that a, a disincentive in some cases? I don't believe so. So... Generally, riding a new scooter is even easier than riding a bike. So it's, it's, you can get on and you download the app. It is a relatively straightforward process because it does come naturally to most people. But, you know, if you're worried or you have concerns or you think, oh, you know, it might not be for me, you know, we welcome anyone to come to our in-person safety courses. Mm-hmm. So these are part of our Beam Safe Academy framework. And we'll be running them regularly uh, in the city. Very good. Um, And I guess this is another point to differentiate. um, And I remember speaking about this briefly with one of the city council reps that were at the event on Thursday. This... You can't tarnish everyone with the same brush because this in no way reflects the private e-scooter user that is not speed limited, is not zone limited, can go wherever they want at whatever speed they want, helmet optional. Um, we, we have to sort of differentiate really. When people see a purple beam scooter, there is an added layer of, of protection and safety built into that model that we wouldn't see on a private one. That is correct. We also provide uh, helmets on the scooters, so you'll see that Beam are the only operator to use helmet locking technology. Mm -hmm. So this is where we provide shared helmets to users. They are able to be unlocked during a trip and then locked again at the end of the trip. What about the, the, I mean, we're in a a pandemic environment at the moment where people are sanitizing the absolute bejesus out of their hands every opportunity they get. A a shared helmet may not be the most attractive thing. Um, Certainly, you know, putting a helmet on and perhaps saving your head from a bump is probably supersedes in some people's minds the, the sanitary component. But that is one to be mindful of, isn't it? Yeah, we hear those concerns, but otherwise we also provide uh, long-life sanitization on those helmets. So they are both regularly cleaned, Mm -hmm. but they do have a baseline safety protection. And we also want to provide the choice. So it's about the choice for users. If they would like to use a helmet, they can have one. 
at our safety training days, we'll also have helmets available uh, for users, and we can also post them. Um, you know, for a small posters charge, mm-hmm. we'll be able to ship them to any anyone who'd like a free beam helmet. And 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 most people may have helmets at home anyway. If you know that you're going to be taking the bus into town and then looking for a scooter to get around, chucking your helmet in your bag is a is a potential alternative as well. Yes. Um, you mentioned this, the sanitation side of that, which implies there's a body of people that are going to be actively doing the long-term sanitation. And, of course, the charging of the, the scooters as well. They are EVs. The batteries are not infinite. They will uh, run down over the course of the day. Um, I, I'm aware that some scooter companies... Um, offer a sort of contracted service so that you can go out and find scooters, take them home, give them a wipe down, charge them up and put them back in, and you get paid per scooter. Um, but I understand the beam model is slightly different. Yes, that's correct. Our model focuses on running our system in-house. So we invest in cities, so we create jobs in the local community with living wage jobs. As living we- wage jobs? Yes, that's correct. Ah, very good. At, at a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also building tech jobs in the community. So we've built a base here in Palmerston North that will be the sort of the the starting point. And then as we look to grow over the coming years, we'll continue to grow the system here. So you're pretty confident of growth, and that, that leads me to talk about the, the permit that you and the other providers have got. Uh, I understand that the permit uh, for each provider is 200 scooters. There's a cap of 200 scooters. I don't think there's uh, necessarily any uh, assumption that Beam are going to throw 200 scooters in straight away. That might be, might be a, no, you're going to do that? Straight off the hop, 200 scooters. Because my, my concern was with potentially four providers, that's 800 scooters in Palmerston North. That's one for every 100 people. Uh, are, we, are we assured of that level of usage? Or are you just hoping that 200 people are all going to go to Beam? <laughs> there are a couple of questions in there. Oh, yes, there are. But That's my specialty. <laughs> so from a Beam perspective, you talk about confidence. So, you know, we... The way we set Beam apart is that we work with communities first. So we're about building long-term relationships with the community, with councils. Of course, things change, and so we're not sure what the long-term permit uh, will be and Mm -hmm. what the bylaws will be, but we'll be working with the PNCC over the coming year to work through their vision for shared micromobility. Because uh, you, um, I think it was, uh, I heard you say at the event on Thursday, the original proposal for the permit was a cutoff of 7pm in the evening, which seemed a little early, I think, for most people. That wouldn't even handle most people's commutes in some cases. Uh, but you've managed to successfully, uh, whether Beam themselves or as a collective of providers, push that out to 9pm, which would allow people a commute and maybe a way to get into town uh, before they enjoy the hospitality too much and try and ride one at the end of the night. So the permit conditions were worked through with the Palmerston North City Council, but from a beam perspective, we're trying to create mode shift. We're mm. trying to create options for members That's of the That's a term community. we've heard before on the catch-up as well, mode shift as well. I think Councillor Brent Barrett's been quite keen on that one. Yes, that's correct. So from a beam perspective, we'd like to provide options for the community. Mm-hmm. And so that does include people coming home from work for mm-hmm. those who are working or studying later on in the evening. 
Very good. We are here with Frederick Conker, a New Zealand expansion manager for Beam, uh, a company that started in Singapore, I understand, or started providing scooters in Singapore, uh, now having a, a base in Wellington and now facilities in Palmerston North. I guess that little resume of places that you've operated but must build up quite a CV for an operator to identify how the service you offer would work in a number of different landscapes, including the beautifully flat Palmerston North. It's lovely to be here in Palmy. This has been a long time coming. We've been working with the community and with the council uh, for for a while now, so it's really excited to be here on launch day. Mm. Um, just uh, speaking of you know, the billiard table that is Palmerston North, can can uh, users expect uh, a, li- a little more longevity from a scooter in Palmerston North that they might otherwise not enjoy in Wellington or Dunedin, for example? Is there less toll on the batteries and the motors with the up- uphill and down dale? So the what. Way Beam works is we have invested in really high quality equipment. So that's part of our overall sustainability plan. So having the highest quality equipment means that your vehicles last for a significantly longer time, which means you can make sure that they are you're getting the longest life out of them. Mm. Uh, I was speaking to one of the Palmerston North City Council representatives on Thursday uh, about the, the the permit conditions insofar as where scooters can go and where they have to be speed limited, which I thought was, was a, a fairly useful exercise because there are some areas, particularly around parks, where you don't want scooters flying through at their maximum speed, which I believe is 25 kilometres an hour on the permitted scooters, um, but there are some areas where that's reduced to 15 kilometres. Am I getting those facts right? Yes, that's correct. And we're also working with both the disabilities reference group here with council and the local community groups mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know, if there are areas you'd like to have no parking zones or slow zones, you know, we're here to listen. You know, we'd love to be in contact with you and work out how we can best make sure our service is meeting your needs. And and just as a matter of interest, if a scooter does cross a threshold from a 25 kilometre an hour limit to a 15, it doesn't just hammer on the brakes on you, does it? No, to be very clear, <laughs> they have a an inbuilt uh, third braking system. So our scooters have a, a front brake, a rear brake and a gentle engine brake. So that will... As the scooter's GPS picks it up in the different zone, it will gently slow down yep. to their required speed. Now, what and I, and I think in this matter, you'd only be able to speak on behalf of Beam as opposed to the sector. But what I found interesting was that the city council certainly hadn't imposed any uh, exterior boundary from the city. I mean, th- as far as the city council goes, you can take that scooter out of the city and carry on as far as you want. What are there limits on Beam's side about how far a scooter can go, or is it limited by range only? So while Beam scooters do have a very high quality battery in a long range, we do uh, limit around the urban areas of the city. Um, in those more sort of far-flung parts, we've done a lot of work with Massey, with the main campus, to make sure that you know we're working with them to make sure that the scooters will be able to be uh, well, the system will run well out in the campus. Mm. So, I mean, I, I guess that will be a map that you can see on, on the Beam app and it'll show you where you can go and where, where the speed-limited areas are and that sort of thing. That will all be on there? Yes, that's correct, and I'll give you a bit of a demonstration a bit later. But essentially it says slow zones yep. for where scooters are required to be slow and no parking zones where you're not allowed to park. 
Otherwise, on the B map, you'll be able to see what's called our preferred parking zones. So these are the places that we've worked through with the council that we'd like people to park. Mm-hmm. We've identified them as safe locations. And we also incentivize our riders to park there. So if you park one of our vehicles at one of these virtual dock, docking stations, you'll get a small credit off your next ride. Very cool. Uh, now, this is a bit of a loaded question, but bear with me. What is the range of an average beam scooter? I mean, how many kilometres could you get out of one of these things? You'll be able to go from one side to Palmerston North to the other and back and back a few more times. Okay, because uh, there, I don't know if you're aware of the contentious issue of the Ashurst to Palmerston North River Walkway, uh, in that you know you you can go a fair way down alongside the river, and then you've got to jump up on the state highway and deal with that until you're pretty much at Ashurst, and then there's a, a little walkway to finish off. Um, it strikes me that whilst it may take a little considerably longer on a, a beam scooter uh, to get from Ashurst to Palmerston North. There is a commuting benefit there, isn't there? At this stage, our services don't extend to Ashurst. No, no, not, not, not at the moment. But, I mean, could this be a, a, a pardon the pun, a vehicle uh, f- to expedite the completion of that river walkway and perhaps allow scooter companies to, to provide that service? Well, I can't comment on the PNCC's Uh, plans to Mm -hmm. change roading design and parking space. Um, We'd love to see more investment in the community and that's actually one of the reasons why we've come to Palmerston North is this eco-city strategy that the council are really working to create opportunities here. Mm. Um, Do e-scooters belong on the road or the pavement? Mm. Because that's something I've, like, even down in Wellington, where I've gone, oh, I'll just hop on a scooter to go go somewhere. You know, where should I be? Yeah. We provide the scooters to have the safest way for riders, and it's up to the individual riders to what is the safest pathway for them. You know, on the lower speed roads where there is, for example, the shared zones or places where uh, it's it's – easy and safe to ride, mm-hmm. that's a good spot. Particularly those roads often have very narrow footpaths. With uh, with micro-mobility vehicles, with shared e-scooters, they are allowed on the footpath, but we do require our riders to give way mm-hmm. to pedestrians. And that's whether you're on a shared path uh, or on a footpath. You, know, you talk a bit more about the when you have to sort of get on those larger speed roads, and some of them have also have quite narrow footpaths. Mm. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, it's an interesting one in that, you know, uh, I know of some in the cycling community that go, that cycle lane is for me. I am on a push bike. That is my space. Uh, uh, car drivers don't like anyone else but cars on the road. Uh, pedestrians don't like uh, anyone on a wheeled vehicle to be on the pavements. I'm a longboarder myself. Uh, I often use cycle lanes. I sometimes use pavements and I never feel entirely welcome on either. Um, luckily, I have a particular strength of character that it doesn't bother me. But um, do you see normalisation of this technology as part of your role and part of Beam's job to make this more accessible and, and welcomed in this rapidly growing suite of transport options that we have? We certainly do. Beam are here to provide options, to provide choice and to provide a safe, sustainable way for members of the community to get around the city. Because 
there's, there's a bigger question there, and you've said you're not going to comment on transport infrastructure necessarily, but we've got people who walk, people who cycle, and people in cars. They are, with the exception of cyclists, I'll admit, relatively well catered for in Palmerston North if you ignore tree routes and, and planter boxes and Pioneer Highway. But there's so many other ways of getting around now, and not everyone has a place. And I'm uh, one for pointing out that um, certain mobility scooter users are absolute nightmare on pavements as well. We need a whole a, a, a rethink of how highways and, and, and mobility routes are addressed, don't we? Put your neck on the line and give me an opinion. <laughs> we must do. We must do. I mean, we, longboard scooter, there's just not enough room for everyone on the roads. So I guess you're, by normalising scooters, hopefully we can not reduce the options, but certainly reduce the popularity numbers to give us some space. So I know the council have spent a lot of time over the last uh, decades even looking at the streets, looking at the ways uh, to be able to deal and cater to future needs for the community, whether that is changes in footpaths and lanes, and we'd, we'd love to see what comes next. Mm. Uh, we are here with Frederick Conker on the Catch-Up uh, on Manawatu People's Radio. If you'd like to listen to this or previous editions of the Catch-Up series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your online listening. Uh, it is the CEDA spot this morning, the Central Economic Development Agency, who have sent us, sent us Frederick uh, from BEAM. And uh, I... I wonder if uh, CEDA sent us your way, because in speaking to you on Thursday as well, Beam are doing some rather interesting things, which I believe will secure the longevity of the permits for scooters in Palmerston North, but also allay some of the fears people have around scooter usage. Now, I have been in Auckland uh, during peak hospitality hours, and seen some rather interesting uses of uh, e-scooters, uh, which should not be a slight on Beam or any of the other providers in Palmerston North. That may have been a private user. Um, but there are concerns uh, around uh, people uh, enjoying hospitality and then trying to jump on a scooter, which, to be clear, under the current permit conditions is highly unlikely to happen. But when I was speaking to you on Thursday... I was asking about what sort of technologies might exist that would allow you to expand your operating hours but maintain safety. And you're, you're doing some interesting work in this space, aren't you? We certainly are. So Beam a pioneering technology that's called as safe riding detection. So this is looking at uh, the way users are riding and being able to detect through the accelerometer in the devices how you know, if there's any concern mm -hmm. about about the ride. So this so rapid acceleration, deceleration, weaving all over the place, all the things that people that have had a couple would probably want to do. <laughs> Potentially. That's my opinion, not yours. Thanks, Fraser. <laughs> so essentially this technology, which we'll be bringing to the Manawa 2 in time, we will be able to detect uh, how these scooters are travelling and then being able to slow them down if there's any concern and potentially stop the trip. 
Okay, so you'd be able to terminate it early and go, you're, you're not riding responsibly. Would, would that person have to get a sort of temporary ban? Would they not be able to use it until the following day? Or is that still all to be worked out? It's still to be worked through. We are also looking at things like uh, little quizzes to be able to see, hey, you know, pass the simple test that, you know, just making sure there's... I'm not very there. good at maths. Can we not make the quiz about maths? I'll pass that on to our product Because, <laughs> um, I mean, there's, I guess there's scope here to um, develop this, the sector further and protect the sector by sharing certain, well, although there's privacy concerns, but sharing that sort of data with other users so that person can't then hop on a competitor's scooter and cause some damage that way either. There's, there's scope there, sure. So you comment about not being good at maths. We want to make sure that our scooters are accessible to all parts of the community. Mm-hmm. So that includes people who, you know, have some difficulties with mathematics. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that, you know, our, our technology is available. Fair enough. Um, now, moving forward, uh, you're obviously here for the long haul and the, the investment is impressive because uh, in speaking to Palmer's North City Council reps, they didn't think that, you know, each provider would be dumping 200 scooters on the street straight away. But Beam are, are, are throwing their effort behind this. Uh, is there anything that you want people to know about your particular brand of uh, uh, scooter uh, in comparison to the, com- the competitors um, that would make you more desirable? I mean, I'm already thinking that the living wage employer thing is a pretty neat angle to be pushing, but is there anything else in there? Yes, yeah, so we've talked a little bit about the community side of things, but I'd also like to talk about sustainability. So key for us is the sustainability of our operations. Mm -hmm. So right from the beginning, Beam has been focused on being a climate neutral operation. So Beam are proud to be the only climate neutral certified operator in New Zealand. And that goes right from the manufacturing to transport all the way through our operations, looking at how we use resources how we can create a more sustainable future for the city. And just to be clear, that includes the batteries as well, because they're often the most environmentally impactful component of an EV, aren't they? It certainly is. So we use recycled materials where anywhere possible throughout our supply chain. And then it also looks at when our scooters do come to the end of life, Mm -hmm. whether that's uh, us investing in new technology and moving to new models, or whether there is, you know, they eventually do wear out we will be able to look at the the certified supply chain all the way through the recycling process to be able to make sure that Beam are the most sustainable operator in New Zealand. Uh, it just occurs to me that we were speaking to Lou Findlay, uh, who is a Palmer's North City councillor uh, last week, uh, and he is one of the staunchest advocates with his association with Grey Power and being an age-friendly city uh, that the, the footpaths in Palmerston North are not always in the best repair. Uh, and, you know, Palmerston North uh, Customer Services Centre is awash with people complaining about uh, problems uh, in a number of places. Is, uh, in your opinion, are the footpaths suitable at the moment for beam scooters? I'm thinking in terms of maintenance and people bouncing off curbs and everything else. Are you going to see higher levels of maintenance costs because the footpaths in Palmerston North aren't great? Or can they handle it? I don't expect any increase in maintenance costs. So our systems and our scooters are designed with suspension. So they will be they're able to take uh, uneven tread. But also looking at back to, to grey power, we've done a lot of work with grey power at a national level to look at how we can serve the, me, the needs of their community. And we also provide 
uh, subsidised trips, so concession trips for Grey Power members mm-hmm. and those uh, with uh, community services cards as well. Very good. Uh, we're pretty much out of time, Frederick. Thank you for joining us this morning. A reminder that uh, Frederick is here representing Beam Scooters, uh, one of the three uh, companies that are launching today in Palmerston North. There's an event at 12 o'clock in the square for you to learn more about Beam and maybe get a bit of training on the scooters so that you're ready to go. Uh, another way people could be ready to go is to download the app in preparation. Uh, where could, I, just, I assume they go to the App Store, but is there a quick way of finding Beam there? Yeah, so you can either go to the App Store, search for Beam, or just scan uh, any of our scooters with your camera app or your QR code reader app, and it will take you straight to the Beam app. Not your COVID tracer one, that that probably won't. You could try, Um, but no, that will not work. Marvellous. Frederick Conker, New Zealand Expansion Manager for Beam Scooters, thank you very much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. And remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch up. Hopefully back tomorrow at half past eight with a representative of Horizons Regional Council. Uh, Join us tomorrow if you can. Bye for now. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the KiwiFruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.